0: Hey, I'm Pastor Sean. I want to thank you so much for checking out our, our website and our sermons online. And uh, we are so glad you're making use of these for your spiritual growth. and. And, uh, but we do want to encourage you, we, we believe that uh, our online ministry, our online sermons are a supplement to the local church. And so we really hope that uh, you in the community you live in will find a local church, a local church that believes the Bible, teaches the Bible regularly, and applies it to your life. And so uh, if you live in our community, we'd love to have you visit here in New Yorktown, we're on 101 Village Avenue. And uh, we have three service times, 8, nine thirty, and 11. And so if you don't have a home church, I hope you'll give us a try at one of our service times. We're beginning a new six-week series this fall, uh, going through the Lord's Prayer. And one of the things that I was really convicted about recently, as I read through the Gospels, is, is how much time Jesus spent in prayer. So here's the Son of God, and spent hours and hours each day uh, seeking the will of His Heavenly Father, communing with His Heavenly Father, and and so I wanted to take us as a church through uh, the Lord's Prayer, where the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray. So I want us to be a people that recognize both prayer to be the fuel of the gospel and an opportunity to commune and be in relationship with our Heavenly Father. So I, pray, I hope that you'll join us for this six-week series, When You Pray.
1: ...on with the series, When You Pray, and the idea of When You Pray... This one is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little interesting because Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, give us this day our daily bread. Most of us shop at Sam's Club and Costco, so we don't really understand that. But we're going to try to kind of grab on to what does that mean? Give us this day our daily bread. Most of us have probably have never had to pray for that. But I think it's more than just physical sustenance I think there's something spiritual that we're supposed to be praying for. And hopefully, as we kind of unpack the Word of God together here this morning, that you will understand that. Hey, by means of introduction, um, I want to say this. Um, the Lord and His prayer for the church. We're going to stand up in a second. We're all going to say the Lord's prayer according to the King James. That means we're going to have the little part at the end. We're not be, Now, listen, we're not going to be doing debtors. We're going to be doing trespasses, okay, because that's the way that I know it. It says debtors in your uh, bulletin, your handout. Um, But we're gonna be doing trespasses and we're gonna all say it together. But I I want us to think about the Lord's prayer for a second. Have you ever thought about it? That the Lord gave this prayer to his disciples and the church for the last 2,000 years, saints of God have been praying this prayer. So when we say this prayer to the Lord, we are joining in with all of the past saints, the great cloud of witnesses that have said this prayer, that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, bigger than just Coastal Community Church, that we join with all of the Christians that have ever prayed this prayer, that as we say the Lord's Prayer together, this template, this model prayer that the Lord gave us, that we are the ones that are joining with them and a part of the same movement that they were a part of over two thousand years ago. So, let's not just pray this prayer like, "Our oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us trespasses, we forgive those trespasses. It's us." Amen. Let's not pray it that way. Let's. Think about the words in which we're praying to the Lord, that we are with the great cloud of witnesses in heaven, praying the same prayer that they prayed, speaking the same words that they spoke to God, our Father. Nice, huh? All right, let's everybody stand up. This is the participation part. You do get a participation trophy at Coastal. Don't tell Pastor Sean, right? All right, here we go. Are we ready? Let's pray this prayer together. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray this to the Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we continue to pray to you, Lord God, as we joined with the saints, Lord God, we need you. We need you today to give us this day our daily bread. Lord, there's people here that are suffering. There's people here that are hurting. There's people here that have prayed and you haven't answered in the way that they want you to answer. We know, God, you answer prayer, Lord God, but sometimes you don't answer in the way you want or think that we want you to answer. And so, God, give us the grace, give us the patience. Give us the understanding, Lord God, to understand your word, Lord God. And ultimately, what we're asking for is to understand your character, Lord God, and who can know the mind of the Lord, for you are far above all of us. But it doesn't mean you're not good, it doesn't mean we can't trust you, and it doesn't mean you don't love us. I pray for those, Lord God, that are here that have received answers to their prayers, Lord, Uh, rejoice with them. We rejoice, Lord, that you heard and you answered. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And Lord God, as always, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Let me give you some background about me. Um, My dad is a Calvinist, big, big Calvinist. Arthur Pink lines... His bookshelves, some of you maybe know who that guy is. He is like, he put the C in Calvin. Um, and uh, my mom is charismatic, like full-on charismatic. Like not even close, like charismatic. Like biblical charismatic, but charismatic. And, um, and so my parents got married, and um, that left me a bit confused um, growing up. Um, But what was fascinating about it is that my mom and dad always agreed on the one thing. They always agreed on the Word of God. If the Word of God says it, therefore, we have to submit to it. And there were my mom's favorite verses when she prayed, and there were my dad's favorite verses when he prayed, It's not that my dad didn't believe in healing. My dad just believed in the sovereignty of God in a different way than my mom believed in the sovereignty of God. And so, as we kind of go through this, as we kind of talk about the Lord's Prayer, as we talk about this expression that Jesus told his disciples to pray give us this day our daily bread. I'm not saying that God doesn't heal, I'm just saying what happens when he doesn't heal. Is God any less God? Is He any less good? And does He love us any less? And the answer is no. See, what, 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 what I find fascinating sometimes is that we make excuses where God doesn't answer our prayer the way that we think He should answer our prayer, as if God were some ATM that we go to and we present the prayer, and it's like sticking in the card. We say the magic words. And then out comes what we ask for. That's not how it works. Oh, I wish sometimes it was. Don't you? Then it's like, you want to be healed? In the name of Jesus, be healed. Woo! You want money? Get money. Name of Jesus. Woo! You know, and we would just walk around and we would, it would be like that... God giving us everything, but just as we don't give our children everything they ask for, maybe some of us do, that wouldn't make us great parents though, but maybe when we don't give all our kids what they ask for doesn't make us any worse parents, it doesn't make God any worse of a God when he doesn't give us what we ask for. Because he sees things, he knows things that we don't see, that we don't know. And so, when we pray this prayer, when we pray this line in the Lord's prayer, "Give us this day our daily bread," understand what we're praying for. Understand what we're asking God for. My my son, who's thirteen, he um, in the next service I pay him every time I use him as an illustration. I have to pay him. That's how it works. That's how it works in my household. Dad, you totally, like, got laughs off me and, you know, (laughs) he has his hand out. (laughs) Uh, All right, all right, all right, all right. And then my my youngest daughter, she's sweet. She just goes, Dad, use me every week. Just pay me. (laughs) Like, it's her allowance or something. Um, Anyway, my son, 13, he looked at me the other day and he just said, Dad, I, I think it's time that I start driving. He's 13. Yeah, no. Dad, I, I, I think it's important. Now, like, I let them, like, drive sometimes, like, pull out the car or drive down the in private property, you know. Where's Cliff? Don't arrest me. Um, the, um, you know, but, but just to kind of get them comfortable as they get older. But my son's like, you know, I really think I ought to be driving, driving, driving. Yeah, no. My 15-year-old. She's about to get her permit. I, I think I should be driving all the time now, Dad, as I'm ready to get ready for my permit. Yeah, no, no, I don't think that's good. See, the reality is we ask, just as our kids ask us for things, or we asked our parents for things that were not the wisest of things, and our parents wisely did not give us those things, so we ask God for things, and God somehow wisely doesn't give us those things. Although we think he should, although we want him to, although we think this is the best thing ever, God, as if we're trying to sell him something. This would be, if you heal me, God, this is the best thing ever for everybody. Because I will go around as a poster child for you saying Jesus heals, as if nobody knew that before. And so what happens is we, we kind of get lost in the art of, of what it is to pray Give us this day our daily bread when we, when we ask God for things. And so let's let's look at this together. As you're taking notes, pull out the notes. Give us. Give us. There's two questions I want to ask in this idea of give us. What are we asking God, our Father, to give us? If you have your Bibles, turn over with me to Luke chapter 11. we We're going to be moving. Pretty quickly, as we look at a whole lot of different verses, then some of them will be familiar to you and some of them won't be. And some of them you'll say, Yes, that's my life verse. And other of them you'll go, Ooh, I don't like that verse. But remember, just as my parents are theologically on polar extremes, so we take the whole Bible in its entirety and we submit ourselves to the authority of Scripture. God said it, therefore we have to submit to it, even if we don't even understand it. In Luke chapter 11, it's a similar passage of the Lord's Prayer, but it's Luke's account of it. And in verse 9 through 13, he says this. He says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. woo This is good stuff. What father among you, if the son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Or if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Underline the word Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. When we ask give us, what are we really asking God, our Father, to give us. Number one, good gifts. But what are the good gifts? Are they material things or are they spiritual things? See, so often we're asking for things that we want, that we think we deserve or we need. Instead of asking God for what he wants us to have, and I'm not saying we sh- we shouldn't ask, but don't be surprised if you don't get it. How many of you guys have ever prayed the prayer? God, give me a million dollars. I promise I'll give the first ten percent to you. I promise. Help me win that lottery. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket today, and this is the day. It's that idea of God to help me, give me good gifts. But are we really asking for as he says in Luke chapter 11 the holy spirit are we asking for God himself to be in us Second thing give us what else can we what else are we asking God our father to give us healing James chapter 5 verses 15 through 16 1 Peter 2, 24. but I'm going to look over to the James this is if anything is you want an understanding of prayer for healing and the idea of how do we how does god work in regards to healing if if you're ill or if you're sick and when i had cancer i had a group of, i called the elders of the church and they came together and they prayed over me they anointed me with oil but let me read this to you verse 13 if anyone is among you is suffering let him pray if anyone is cheerful let him sing praise if anyone among you is sick let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the lord And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Oftentimes we have unconfessed sin in our hearts and so therefore, we need to confess our sins one to another, pray for one another, we would be healed, anointing with oil. There's this process that God asks us to go through to to receive the prayer and the healing that God maybe has for us. I remember doing this when I was 23 years old, battling cancer. That prognosis wasn't good. The elders came and they anointed me with oil and they prayed over me and I was expecting that I was going to be healed. I was ready for that warmth to come over my body that maybe sometimes you hear about. Or that light to come down from heaven and me to go, oh to get it. And I went to the doctor that week and I just said, "Hey, and my church pray for me. I'm expecting a good result." The doctor looked at the tests and said, "They need to keep praying." I was like, "Didn't work. Maybe they didn't say the right words, maybe they didn't plant the right magic beans." You know how you know how that works? We start making excuses for God then. Well, maybe, you know, it's just somebody, sorry, some Achan in the camp was sinning, and he prayed, and that's why God didn't hear, and the whole thing was messed up. we got to do it again. Or maybe God just had a different plan pro- a process, and he didn't want me to give me the keys to the car yet. And two and a half years later, he healed me. Give us good gifts. Give us healing. Give us miracles or a miracle. It's okay to ask for a miracle. We have a God that's huge. Isaiah 40. He's far above. The Bible says that the, the, the hollow of his hand, if you just poured water on your hand, all the waters of the earth reside. The span measures the universe in his hand. In Isaiah 40, we have a big God, he can do anything. He's a supernatural, all-powerful God. We can ask for a miracle. Matthew 9, 22. Jesus turned and seeing her said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Jesus healed her. Mark 5, 34, it says, And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Luke eight forty eight, Jeremiah thirty two nineteen and 20. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. Great is the counsel and mighty indeed whose eyes are open to the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. Verse 27, it says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We have a God that can perform miracles. It's not what I'm saying. Just how come he hasn't given me my miracle yet? That's what we're talking about this morning. That's what we need to understand when we say, give us this day our daily bread. What are we really asking for? What are we really needing from the Lord? What are we asking God to give us? Provision. Yes, we're to ask for provision that God would provide for us. It's Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. God gives us what we need let it be, how are we asking God, our Father, to give us? What's the way? What are the magic words? We teach Stone, my son, he's three. Say please. It's the magic word. Please, please. And it's like supposed to open doors. And sometimes, we, we, after dinner, he had brushed his teeth. He was all ready for bed. My daughter was eating a candy bar. And he comes up to her and he goes, please, please like now you have to give it to me and he was indignant and started crying when he she didn't give it to him he said the magic words see every time in scripture in the in the gospels and I and I want to share this with you Jesus never healed people the same way look at it in regards to the blind man he healed five different blind people in scripture and each time he did something very different because he didn't want the words to be magic he didn't want the mud to be magic Remember, he spits in the ground, makes some mud, puts it in the guy's eyes. In one case, he spits in the guy's face, and he can see. <laughs> can you imagine that? The disciples, what are you doing, Lord? Can you see it? We make him so, oh, you know, that sometimes, like he was like, <laughs> I see men as trees walking, because my, my you know, but God healed him. One time he said, he spoke the words, and other times he said, go. Each time he heals people differently. Why? Because it's not in the words. It's not in the dirt. Otherwise people would say, here, spit in this, Jesus, and they would save it. Probably sell it online or something. Jesus is spit. It will work every time. Mix it with mud. Work every time. No, he's not selling... <laughs> He's not selling some oil or some special thing. No. The power is not in what he did. The power is who he is. How are we asking God our Father to give us? We're supposed to ask in Jesus' name. In John 14, it says, if you ask anything in my name. The Apostle Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, as he's looking to a lame man, he says, in the name of Jesus, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. We're supposed to ask in Jesus' name. There's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. Number two, we're supposed to ask with the right motives. James chapter 4, verse 3. It says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You're asking because you're selfish and you want me to be your ATM God. Remember what Jesus taught his disciples at the beginning? How often we forget the beginning part of the prayer and we get to the give us part. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Remember Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane? He didn't want to go to the cross. He knew what that meant. And he prayed to the Father. He said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass before me. But nevertheless, not thy will, not my will be done, but your will be done. Asking with the right motives. Believing by faith. Ask and don't doubt. Sometimes you're asking and you're not doubting and he's not answering, but you still are trying to hold on and hold on. God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me. me. I remember for two and a half years as I battled cancer, I was praying, God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me. And finally, there was, a, there was a switch that kind of went off. <laughs> thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'm not going to doubt you, God. And I'm, so I'm going to ask believing by faith, but I'm going to allow you to do what you want to do. Isn't that nice of me? Isn't that big of me? See how that works? We can ask. We cannot doubt that God doesn't have the power to do it, but the part of it is is oftentimes I think we miss out on why God is allowing the suffering. Why is God not answering our prayers? Maybe you're here today and maybe you're doubting. It's okay to doubt. John the Baptist doubted. You're in good company. But you're doubting. You're saying, I prayed and 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 God didn't answer. So therefore, either God doesn't care or God hates me. Those the conclusions that you come to. I have a friend that came to that conclusion. It was un- over unanswered prayer. said, so either God didn't care or God didn't answer. said, so those are the only two options. He said, for me, they are. He so said, you have a pretty small God. Maybe there's some other options out there. You just haven't explored yet. No, I believe that we're to believe by faith. That's how we're to ask. Number two is this, this day. Give us this day. When are we going to need God? When are we going to need it from God? Every day. It's this continual idea that we're to come to God daily for what we need, not monthly, not yearly. See, the idea of us asking for food every day, it's like, yeah, God, uh, give us this uh, month, this monthly Costco run, you know, and, uh, and now I have all this food and God's provided, see? And I'll see you next month, God. No, the idea, though, is that God wants us to ask every day for it. We're going to need it from God every day. And so God often answers prayer where he gives us to what we're asking for now. Jeremiah 33, three, call to me and I will answer you, show you great and mighty things. Today, John fifteen-seven. it's this idea that If in that day you will ask nothing of me, truly I will say to you whatever you ask in the Father, of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So there's this day where you ask and he gives it to you on the day. What happens if he doesn't? Does it make God any worse? Does it mean he doesn't love you? Does it mean he doesn't care? I remember my daughter at one point, she was weeping, You don't love me. Because she wanted me to let her go out with her friends until two in the morning, just something that I didn't know about her. I mean, it was like the last night. I'm like, what? Of course I love you. That's why I'm not letting you go. You don't love me. She was in middle school at the time. I'm the worst parent ever, I know. But one thing you will know is that I do love you. You're the worst parent ever. <laughs> no, I didn't know where she was going. I didn't know who she was going with. It's, hey, listen. Love you, honey. And because I love you, I'm not going to let you go, and I'm not going to give you what you want. And during that time what happens? See, we as earthly parents say no, but God as a as a gracious parent says let me give you grace. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. The Bible says that the apostle Paul went to the Lord three times asking for healing. Heal me, God. Heal me, God. Heal me, God. And on the third time, Jesus came to Paul and said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See when God doesn't answer your prayers he gives you the grace to be able to endure. He gives you the grace to be able and and is that not better? Isn't the grace of God not better? To know that there is a God and that he's there in that moment? And if you do if you would say no it's not better, a million bucks is better. And maybe I don't think you maybe understand what grace is. So ask yourself this question. So what happens when God does not answer our prayers then? Not only does he give us grace, but then what happens? Well, the third part is, is give us this day, what? Our daily bread. What do we need from God, our Father? Well, we need our desires. I love Psalm 37, 4. It's probably the most misquoted scripture in Scripture. Bible and Scripture, because we hate the first part, but we love the second part. Delight yourself in the Lord. Oh, yeah, delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. We like the desires of our heart part, but we don't like the delighting ourselves in the Lord. You mean i got to do what God likes? But what, what do we need from God every day? Well, we need our desires, and what are our desires? We need our conformity Every day we need God to conform us into the image of his Son. Romans 8.29. The Bible says that he will conform us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Let her see what do we need every day? We need our comfort. When I say comfort, we need to not it's our comfort in this idea of not suffering so much that we can't even endure and breathe. I remember my grandfather dying of cancer, and he was in so much pain, he was dying of bone cancer, and I just I just remember him suffering and <laughs> suffering and suffering and he, he would take just enough pain medicine to just kind of take the edge off just so that he could communicate and focus the bible says in psalm 34:18 that god is near to those who have a broken heart and he saves those that have a crushed spirit what do we need every day we need and this is the one we need our bread give us this day our daily what Bread, what, 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 is it, what is Jesus telling his disciples to pray for? Do you have your Bibles, turn over to, to John chapter 6. This was, the, this was the aha moment for me as I was reading this. Because is he really asking them for a baked good product? Give us this day our daily baked good product, Lord. Nature's own. How about that Dave's killer bread, you know, with all the seeds and stuff? It's good toasted. Is that what we're really supposed to ask for? What is is he really saying to his disciples? John 6, 35. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is asking his disciples to ask for him every day to satisfy their life and the needs in their life. See, what happens is we pray for the healing and the blessing and the gifts above the very giver, No, Jesus is saying here, give us this day our daily bread. He's saying, I'm the bread of life. Give us this day our daily bread. I, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Every day, ask for the gospel. Every day, ask for me. Every day, ask for me, and I will be there because that's what you need. I am all you need, and I have to, and I am enough. But the problem is in this world of stuff and in this world of suffering and in this world of of what's going on, the world looks and says, you ask God for that? He didn't give it to you, did he? (laughs) Doesn't care. Well, maybe he doesn't. No, because we're asking for the wrong thing. Oh no, he gave it to me every day. He gives me his presence every day of my life. And it's far better than a physical healing. It's far better than a loaf of bread. It's far better than anything. And until Jesus becomes that intimate and that personal in our life, the church is going to be powerless in the world. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we should be praying, Jesus, give us yourself. Come, be our bread of life. Give us you, because this is, we. we need you. So what do we do when the suffering never stops? Not being healed, when we think we should be healed, or not being held, when we think we should be held. Not being heard, when we feel like God is silent not being helped as we go through these sufferings. Let me give you four Christians and what they say about this. If anybody can speak to these things, I think these four people can. Corey Tin Boone, a Dutch watchmaker and Christian, who, along with her father and family members, helped Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during World War II. She was imprisoned for her actions Her most famous book was called The Hiding Place. Her sister Betsy was beaten and killed before the end. Before she died, she told Corey, There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Fifteen days later, Corey was released. Afterwards, it was told to her that her release, her release was due to a clerical error, and that a week later, all the women in her age group were sent to the gas chambers. Jesus, and this is what she says: listen to what she says. After having endured that, she's the only one of her family that survived the concentration camp to come back to live. The rest of her family were exterminated because they were hiding Jews. Listen to what she says about prayer. Listen to what she says about Christ. Jesus did not promise to change the circumstances around us. He promised great peace and pure joy to those who would learn to believe that God actually controls all things. Johnny Erickson Tada enjoyed riding horses, hiking, tennis, swimming. On July 30th, 1967, she dove into the Chesapeake Bay after misjudging the shallowness of the water. She suffered a fracture between the fourth and fifth vertebrae, became a quadriplegic and is still alive today, paralyzed from the shoulders down. During her rehabilitation, according to her her bibliography, her autobiography, she experienced anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, and religious doubts about God, you think? However, Tata learned to paint and brush with her teeth and began selling her artwork. She also writes, speaks, records musical albums and is an advocate now for disabled people. And listen to what she said. You think she can speak on suffering and the fact that God didn't heal her? She said, God is more concerned with conforming me to the likeness of his son than leaving me in my comfort zones. God is more interested in inward qualities than outward circumstances. Things like refining my faith, humbling my heart, cleaning up my thought life, and strengthening my character. John Perkins, born in 1930 in New Hebron, Mississippi. John Perkins' mother died when he was seven months old. Her death was brought about by starvation, abandoned by his father, raised by his grandmother, an extended family who worked as sharecroppers. In 1947, his brother Clyde was being beat and then shot to death. He was urged to move to California in a simple prayer where he cried out to God to save his brother. His brother was executed because of the color of his skin. He moved to California and following his son Spencer's inviting him to attend church, his hate turned to love as he accepted Jesus Christ and is now a champion for Jesus Christ as he uniquely speaks towards racial reconciliation through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. My deepest desire has been that the reconciling love that God displayed on the cross of Jesus Christ would spread into all the world and that somehow I could participate in that mission. He's given so much, but yet he wants to continue to participate in that mission. Richard Wormbrandt, founder of Voice of the Martyr, 10 years before came a Christian when the communists came to power in Romania. Served a total of 14 years in prison, being beaten regularly for praying and sharing his faith. His colleagues in Romania urged him to leave the country. They ransomed him for 10 years after 3 years of solitary confinement, wrote the book Tortured for Christ, started the International Organization of the Voice of the Martyr which continues to aid Christians around the world who are persecuted for their faith. His feet were so beaten that he could barely walk normal for the rest of his life because of his religious faith in Christ. Listen to what he says. Even the best of Christians are troubled by the question, why does an almighty God sin or at least allow suffering? When are you nagged by thoughts like this? Say to yourself, I'm still in elementary school. When I graduate from the University of Christian Life, I will understand his ways better and doubts will cease. These are people that understood the gift, the giver before the gift, They wanted the God before the gift. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, what are you asking for? Are you asking for Christ? Or are you asking for something that will not last in eternity? What do we do when we suffer and it never stops? We endure. Now hear what I'm saying What do you want from God now and forever? Stuff, physical miracle, temporary relief, no suffering? Or do you want Jesus Christ and to know him more intimately and deeply? I think Johnny Erickson Tata will change less when we get to heaven than any of us because I think she has a unique relationship with Christ. Christ. And if that doesn't make you envious, then check yourself to see if you really are a Christian. Because I want to know Jesus that way. The Apostle Paul wanted to know Jesus that way. In Philippians 3.10, the Apostle Paul said, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, being made conformed even unto his death. The world is watching, not because our prayers are being answered, but because our prayers are not being answered, and how we respond. Yes, sometimes he answers our prayers, and yes, praise God, and I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, today, forever. I believe that by his stripes we are healed. I believe that God heals and answers prayer. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if he doesn't, then take a step back and recognize that he's given you a gift not a serpent, not a scorpion. To know him more intimately than maybe you could have ever known him before. Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. So if you're in a marriage that stinks, God is using that to conform you into the image of his son. If you're here today and you're suffering from a physical ailment, God might be using that to conform you into the image of his son If you've lost somebody close to you, God is using that to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. If you're praying for a child that is lost and has run away from Christ, God is using that to make you more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Because we don't see the big pictures. He doesn't give us the keys right away. It doesn't make him any less glorious. It doesn't make him any less good. Tomorrow, it'll stink a little less. But when we get to heaven, we'll understand and it'll all be worth it. That's how we comfort people. It's not in this life. I'm praying, believing that God would heal some of you here in this room. but my prayer is also that God would give you himself in an intimate way that maybe you would have never known him before. A number of years ago, I was driving my youngest daughter to the hospital because she came into our room in the middle of the night and her throat had closed and she could not breathe and she was passing out. And coming into our room and my wife and I panicked. We put her head in the freezer to try to open it up so she could breathe as I got dressed and I threw her in the back of the car. I roll down all the windows and I'm racing as fast as I can to the emergency room. She's blue, she can't breathe and I'm crying out to God, God, heal my daughter. Please. Don't let it end like this. God miraculously healed my daughter. And I remember praying in that moment Who am I in heaven but you? There is nothing on earth I desire but you. Though my flesh, my heart, and my flesh, and my little girl may fail, yet you are my strength and my portion forever. That is what makes God look glorious. It's not because I'm some great Christian. It's because I had nothing else to hold on to but Christ. And if I get Christ and lose my little girl, I still have everything. But if I lose my little girl and I've lost Christ, I've lost everything. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's pray. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's my prayer that you would call out upon the Lord to be saved confess your sins the worship team's going to come out confess your sins if you need to do business with God there's people in the prayer chapel that would be in the back that would love to talk with you to love to pray with you to love to encourage you if you've never received Jesus Christ call upon the name of the Lord call upon Jesus say Jesus heal me and I will be healed save me and I will be saved Please forgive me for my sins. I believe and receive you into my life. Give me you, Jesus, more than anything else and help me to want you more than anything else. Let's pray. Precious Father, I love you. And I pray, Lord God, for each person here, Lord God, that is hurting, that is suffering, that is struggling, that is in need. And I pray that you would give them this day your daily bread. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.